0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli. The following is an interview with Alex Buck. Alex competed for Pendleton Heights High School, where she was twice all-state in cross-country, a Philadelphia cross-country national qualifier in 2013, a Nike cross-country national qualifier in 2015, and the 3200 state champion in 2016. Upon graduation, Alex moved out west to join the Lobos of New Mexico. At New Mexico, she was a two-time national qualifier in cross-country, finishing 105th in 2016, and the same place in 2017, helping her team become national champions. In 2018, for many reasons that we get into on the episode, Alex made the move to Ohio State. After making the move to Ohio State, two plus years, two surgeries, and a lot of hard work and perseverance later, she made a return to the track in 2021 for her final semester after recovering from a serious Achilles injury. Just being able to compete after being sidelined for almost three years was a huge accomplishment. After only having one season to compete after injury, Alex has ambitions of setting PRs once again. Today, she's working as a strength and conditioning coach at Fort Drum in upstate New York. Alex is a super driven and determined person. If she commits to something, she's going all in. It was easy to see this in her bounce back from finishing 70th and cross her senior year in high school to winning the 3200 the next spring. Her decision to attend New Mexico to compete against the best of the best and her commitment to the long and challenging road back from an Achilles injury. This is another really enjoyable conversation. Alex had a lot of great perspective on overcoming setbacks, setting goals and following through with them, making tough decisions to do what's best for you in the long run, and being thankful for the village that made you who you are. Thank you all for listening to and supporting the podcast. As always, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Alex Buck. <laughs> Alex, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going?
1: Good. Thank you
2: for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We were talking a little bit before we started recording, but uh, what are you up to these days? Where are you at? How's life?
2: Yes. So currently I am a strength and conditioning coach um, up in upstate New York at Fort Drum, working with the Army's um, holistic health and fitness program that's been rolling out. Um, Very cool to still be involved in fitness and training, but from a massively different perspective. Um, I had my athletic career right where I got the athlete perspective of the sport culture and the distance running, the volume, and then flipped that on the opposite side. Now being a strength coach, seeing some of the stuff that goes on uh, behind the scenes. Or areas where maybe uh, sport um, might be like lagging on technology and information and research that's becoming available to us. It's cool to have a perspective of both sides.
0: Yeah. So, are you helping design training for like the whole base, or are people coming to you requesting training, or how does that how does it work? Oh, we would love to
2: write training for the whole base. Oh my goodness, we would love to. But part of our initial mission with this being a um, fairly new program, a lot of it is culture change. Uh, So we get a lot of young soldiers, um, new recruits that come in, and they very much love what we do. They're all for it. Um, But then when you look at a lot of Army leadership that's been here for a long time, we have a lot of people that are still very old fashioned in Mm -hmm. um, the way they want to do physical training um, or PT. So a lot of our job includes building those relationships um, to show that, you know, one, you can trust us. We have your best interests at heart. Um, And then showing um, the credibility and expertise of going no, we've we've specialized our careers in this field. This is what the newest science and data shows. We're here to be the middleman and help you guys kind of turn your physical training around so that we're not looking at so many injuries that essentially just leaves huge percentages of soldiers that are non-deployable um or that have to be let go from the army.
0: Mm. Um, And you mentioned before, again, before we started recording that you may want to venture back into the sports space eventually. Um, Is that that kind of the goal or is that kind of lingering in the back of your mind at all?
2: Oh, yes, 100%. Um, I have had my eyes on grad school for quite some time and kind of deciding exactly where I would like to take uh, that next step, what direction I'd go into. I'm very interested in sports science um, to kind of, I guess, shine a light on exactly what that is. Um, Sports science is kind of the overarching, um, I don't wanna say umbrella, but they connect all the dots, right? So we have your strength and conditioning staff, your injury control staff, um, your nutrition staff, uh, the academic staff, the support or the sport coach, um, all of the pieces that come into play, the sports scientists very much take the data collected, um, either during practice, during competition, um, and use that to make instant decisions. I say instant weekly, monthly changes in training to help whatever specialty that they are working with directly at that time, how they can adjust.
0: Cool. So you want, you like that, uh, like holistic approach. You want to kind of touch on each of those areas.
2: I very much like the holistic approach, but I think more of the interest comes from, um, just the objectivity of it is it is very, it's very science-based. It's very research-based and and coming out of college and distance running, especially um, one of the biggest downfalls of our sport is we are one of the slowest to adapt to this new information Mm. Um, or new technology, which is almost ironic giving me the simplicity of distance running, right? In essence, it's conditioning in its purest form. Um, there aren't factors to consider of sports skill or um, true what, uh, I don't want to say interactions, but being able to click with your teammates and all of those factors that go into actual team sports, it's a different animal. Um, but it makes it, it makes it silly that we are such a simple sport, but so resistant to <laughs> any change when it comes. So hopefully going to be pushing for better training practices throughout my career.
0: Yeah. So let's say I put you in a high school coaching role and you had your own team of girls or guys. What, what have you learned like through your career so far or through school that you would like maybe implement or that you would change about maybe the traditional approach to, to distance running?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the primary thing I would implement in Um, encourage any program to implement would be a strength training program. Um, And that's very much kind of the, the niche that I've settled into now, but we see time and time again, the research shows strength training and distance runners doesn't make them slower, doesn't make them heavier. In fact, it makes them better athletes and more athletic. So we're doing almost a disservice by fighting the weight room when there's so much untapped potential in there. Especially especially if it's working with high school athletes, the long-term athletic development that you can set up for such long-term success, it's it's the perfect time to do it. So I would implement very, very basic, very generic um, strength training, right? I would want everybody that comes into my weight room, that they know the basics. They know how to squat. They know how to deadlift. They know how to bench. If we need to get more specific with the sport, we can absolutely do that. Um, and outside of the weight room, uh, leaning into the very positive aspects of distance running. But then I would also probably be realistic and um, prep for the, the challenges, especially shifting from high school to college or then college to um, what post collegiate unprofessional unattached racing uh, the different dynamics there of just being prepared prepared for those changes because um, they're all special chapters right each of them has their unique time and place.
0: Mm-hmm. As far as strength strength training goes, I feel like a maybe I feel like most coaches would get behind you on that, but maybe a like question or pushback would be like the time aspect of it. Is there let's say they had 30 minutes. They had, you just needed a, a bare bones program. Is there aspects that you'd recommend in that regard?
2: Uh, if time is limited, you can absolutely get a brief strength session done in 30 minutes. I would probably honestly challenge the, the sport coach um, asking if we could compromise with um, either a, a recovery day or letting the team do a run independently of you know, let's meet, let's meet 50-50 essentially of mm-hmm. if you give me this one little bubble of time that I can have them, allow me to maximize it. So you guys can keep doing everything that you need to, running, training, all of that. But we know that what we're doing in here is quality and positively impacting every aspect of the sport.
0: That's cool. That's a good answer. All right. So we're going to get into your story. Um, but before we do, we're going to do a little tier talk and all right hopefully this one made sense um some weeks i'm like it's just like silly but some weeks it's pretty deep this one's a little (laughs) bit deeper so we're gonna rank fame wealth and power um so like how if you were to be any of those things like wealthy famous or powerful like which would you be uh want to be uh so do you want to go first you want me to go first
2: oh i think i want you to go first because this one was decent I had to think about it for a while (laughs) and I'm I'm wanting to change my answer. So I want to hear yours first.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. So for me, number three is power. Um, I'm a pretty, I guess like agreeable person or like, I, I don't know. I will stick up for what I like deeply believe in, but if it's like something I'm like iffy on or like, I don't know, I don't go like seeking arguments or seeking like authority in that way and so i feel like i just have very little desire to wield power like period so just having it i don't know I think that would be number number three for me number two is fame i feel like i don't know there's a draw in me to like be want to be known or famous i guess but i feel like i don't know anyone who is famous you just hear like fame is all not all it's cracked up to be Um, And I feel like most people like do understand that, but I would want to be famous. Like if, if I could do any of these things for a day, I think I would want to be like famous for a day. Uh, But number one is wealthy. Uh, I just, not that I like really want like really nice things, but like, there are some things that I want to do in my life that cost money. Like I would like to travel to different places and um, I'd love to have a lake house eventually. That's like my big, uh, like life purchase a goal you know like save up for Heck, that yeah like that'd be i don't know it just be a cool way to like sail off into the sunset you know like if i have family when i'm <laughs> older like having like yes. grandkids and stuff up to the lake house i think it's just like a cool like centerpiece of of a family um absolutely so i, I think wealth wealth would definitely be number one for me what about you
2: awesome oh goodness okay so when i ranked these i I kind of took the mindset of almost what I felt was maybe like most uh, prevalent or or most important, meaning I kind of looked at it and if we take humans and our groups and our societies and communities that we perform, there's always, there's always going to be power dynamics,
1: mm-hmm.
2: always across the board. So I ranked that as my number one was regardless of kind of how large scale, right? You can be talking about a huge government or something as small as a classroom and a school. Mm-hmm. And there's always gonna be some kind of power dynamics there. Um, I put wealth as number two. I, I struggled between wealth and fame. I didn't really know what to do with those, mm-hmm. but um, I, I put wealth ahead of it just because I felt kind of similar to you. Um, fame seems to come with some uh, unpleasant side effects sometimes.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, Was your power was number one for you?
2: Power was number one for me. Um, More of a like... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I so um, I'm trying to exactly gather my thoughts of why I kind of put it that way. Almost as in it has the most potential to do good or bad.
1: Mm,
0: yeah. Out of
2: those three, that okay. it carries the the heaviest weight, essentially.
0: Yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. A question on power. So, mm-hmm. if you were you found yourself on a stranded island or uh, stranded on an island with like a hundred strangers, what uh, what would your let's or no let's go like ten strangers? What would your role be? Are you the <laughs> one that like takes like takes over like we're doing this we're doing that? Are you supporting leader are you like starting your own like anti-movement thing (laughs) like what's your what's your role
2: um i have found that i'm very good in um almost like assisting leadership roles Mm. of where i feel like i'm a very very young leader i really don't want that spotlight or that responsibility but i see the value that comes from having good leaders so i almost like to be in, in that passenger seat of watching the expert do what they do but being there to kind of support the mission so i i would probably be someone to get on board with the leader but not lead the charge itself
0: okay i think i would be yeah. similar, actually i feel like, I, like <laughs> if i'm with in a group of people that i like feel comfortable with like i feel like i can lead from a place of like comfort but I don't know. Yeah. Like I said with like my answer about power, I'm not like a naturally aggressive or like I'm going to dominate. I don't know. it's just like not my personality. Um mm-hmm. which like I feel like I've like kind of grown to be okay with, you know. it's like <laughs> I don't know if you like if you think about this, but I don't know. There's like a part of me that wants to be that like dominant like alpha leader or whatever, but like knowing that I don't know, I'm also not necessarily and there's like strength in that too. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm that's my answer for power. Cool. Well, well, I got that out of the way. (laughs) So we're going to get into your, uh, your story, your, your running career from the beginning to the end. Um, yeah, kind of what you're doing now too. So how did you get your start in running? What was the beginning like?
2: Yes. So I got my start in running, um, back in sixth grade, my future high school coach, uh, Melissa Hagerman, was actually an elementary school teacher um, at the school where I was um, in fifth and sixth grade. And she somehow managed to find out what I ran for my P.E. mile and would not leave me alone at the lunch table until <laughs> I showed up to a middle school practice.
0: Would you like? Run? I had
2: no, uh, my best middle school time, oh, the, the mile. Yeah, the PE mile.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it it was like a, it was around seven flat for fifth okay. grade.
1: Dang.
2: Um, which is funny. Like I had no concept of fast, slow, wherever that fell mm-hmm. for fifth grade. It was it was just cool. We're doing that this day for, for recess or for gym. Let's go. Like let's beat the boys. Let's go.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, Coach Hagerman, Melissa Hagerman, found out about this. And yeah, like I said, would not leave me alone at my lunch table and being an extremely introverted sixth grader. Mm -hmm. I'll do it. I don't know what this cross the country thing is, but if she stops bothering me, I will be able to have lunch in peace. So (laughs) I joined the team. I think I joined the team two days before their first meet. Um, had no idea what to expect, but was still standing at the end of things um, <laughs> and, and kept with it. Uh, middle school, it was much more like a kind of a social fun thing, like a lot of my friends did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was much more uh, low key and social in that aspect. Um, a big transition in just my love for the sport and how seriously I took the sport. Uh, came with that shift up to high school for sure.
0: Yeah. So were you doing like any other sports or hobbies or anything else like outside of school when you decided to join cross country?
2: At the time, not too much. I had played soccer um, pretty much all through elementary school. Um, Growing up, I dabbled in a couple other sports like swimming, basketball, tennis, um, and like a classic distance runner didn't really excel in anything truly athletic. So (laughs) distance running seemed to be the perfect kind of funnel for me to go in and um I I loved it like i had always loved running and it felt like a very cool activity to be able to do with my friends so it was all new to me I didn't know it was a thing um until I joined the team in middle school um yeah those those were fun times (laughs)
0: so so the the middle school time was like so kind of a social like it was just getting to know people having fun with your friends kind of time
2: it wasn't serious like we had what I would call probably just a pretty typical middle school program of low mileage uh lots of fun games like very very low key um very low pressure situation Mm -hmm. so it was very much kind of whatever you wanted to make it um I know by the time I got to my eighth grade year I was more in the mindset of like okay like I wanna set some PRs, like or mm. I wanna might try and win certain meets. Whereas my sixth and seventh grade years, it was really just figuring out the sport a little bit more, figuring out if I really liked it mm. or wanted to do it. Uh I remember considering the idea of a five K in my in eighth grade, thinking I don't know if I can run that far. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I can make it in high school, but this coach is going to bug me if I don't join the team. So I better just hang in there.
0: Yeah. So as someone who would go on to accomplish a lot, be a very great distance runner, like, do you feel like there's a lot of value in in that time being like light and free and kind of just you're exploring the sport, like getting to know it, getting to know people in it. Like, do you think there's a lot of value there? And like, I guess if you go back, Would you change anything? Would you want it to be a little bit more intense or a little more structured?
2: I don't know if intense or structured would necessarily be the right term.
0: I would probably Mm.
2: encourage my younger self to keep trying more things. Mm. Like I think I had it in my mind that if I was doing cross country, then by default, I couldn't do volleyball because you could only pick one. and looking back on that now, it, it's so silly because no, it's middle school sports. You can do all of them if you want. Like, <laughs> it, you are you're a kid figuring out um, if you want to pursue sports at a higher level or you're just enjoying sports. Um, so, truthfully, true specialization, I don't think needs to happen really until um, there is a true, almost like collegiate interest of. I want this to be my thing. I want to excel at this at the next level. Um, until that point, no, I, I encourage young athletes do all the sports that you want. Like you will always be able to specialize once you get out of high school or towards college. Like you are nowhere near your athletic prime. Enjoy all the sports while you can.
0: That's good. I feel like it's it's tough for like the social aspect. Like you. I don't know. Even if you wanted to like play volleyball, it was probably tough. Like all your friends were in cross country, and that's like such a crucial time to like, I don't know, create those bonds and like meet people. You know, it can be tough, mm-hmm. to like to switch back and forth. Oh, um, absolutely. So the the transition to high school, you were a little worried you could do the five k. Um, how was your your freshman year, your sophomore year? How was that those early days in high school?
2: Oh, they were wonderful. Those are some of my best memories that I still have of the sport. I spent um, summer conditioning my freshman year absolutely getting my butt handed to me day (laughs) after day after day. It was a very um, mature team. We had a lot of upperclassmen, and I had mad respect for all of these seniors. Like I, I felt out of place, almost like running with them in a workout of they've been putting in this effort for four years, but... They seem glad to have me along, so I'm going to bring a positive energy and hang on as long as I can until I fall off the back of the pack. And that group of women, um, specifically my, my freshman year, welcomed me so well as um, very much being kind of a standout freshman for the area that that was that was just unusual talent. Mm. And um, it could have been taken with jealousy or spite and it was welcomed um and I credit those those women for having such a a growth mindset um but they helped me fall in love with the sport um they welcomed me into the fold into the team I loved the culture of um almost having a a chip on your shoulder of a sport that works really hard with not a lot of recognition Mm. um I loved that um I, I loved the camaraderie of everybody suffering together, working <laughs> towards a common goal. Oh, I, I fell in love with it long before we ever got to a start line that first year.
0: Yeah. So did when did you know that you could be pretty good at it?
2: I think... I'm trying to think the first time it really, really hit me. Probably um it probably would have been regionals my freshman year cross-country regionals mm. um and we were coming up r- right in the post-season tournament season competitions got ready to really uh amp up starting to peak and we had a beautiful race day perfect conditions flat fast course um and we were going to sell out because we knew we were like this is the time whole team's going to PR right here this is the time to do it um and i remember coming down a hill to a finish line and seeing um 18 minutes on the clock for the first time and as a freshman my head about exploded like <laughs> seeing that down yeah. at the finish line like that's what the top dogs are running
1: yeah. like
2: those crazy girls like at the top of the state no way and that was kind of that first moment of this this could be really cool like I I want to race some of these gals this could be fun
0: yeah what about the transition from like uh it it being kind of a social thing to like okay I want to be good at this was that also your freshman year
2: very much so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
2: I I went into it with went into racing with the attitude of I love this sport and I love my team. I'm going to trust that kind of the rest is going to follow. And as it became clear that I might have some real potential kind of um, moving forward in my career, and I also just loved it so much, like this, this could be my thing. Like, I want to lean into this. I want to really take full advantage of how cool this experience could be. And that's where that switch kind of flipped. It was very much like middle of my freshman year, um, especially looking at track times and the qualification uh, set up for like the state meet. Um, I was so intimidated as a freshman, right? Like coming out of, out of cross country where semi-state is still such a relatively large pool that gets
1: mm-hmm.
2: pushed to the state meet. The track state meet being a different animal completely. Um, I very much wanted to start taking it seriously, that those were um, those were very clear checkpoints and goals throughout the season. They weren't just meets that came and went, but it was you no, know, we are going to specifically focus on these, create goals for our season, create mm-hmm. goals of how you want to perform at a high level relative to the rest of the women in the state. Um, and that was awesome I loved diving into it even more
0: (laughs) yeah how do you think your time in high school would have been different if the the seniors the older women on the team hadn't like welcomed you and the culture hadn't been what it was
2: oh I would have been so intimidated Mm. Um, I was this tiny 90 pound quiet freshman that came in um, and I looked up to these women oh it would have crushed me if they had rejected that um i would have wanted to to hold back like just out of almost like still wanting to be accepted in a in a social sense um and it wasn't until this is actually kind of a funny story we had a cross country meetball in the middle of uh in the middle of the season at a relatively bigger invite it was at um the ben davis invite um earlier in the season and i lost my teammates in the crowd I was used to, I was used to small, like three, five way team invites, right? Um, Very much smaller atmospheres where I would just run with my girls the whole time. Mm -hmm. And we were thrown into this big competition setting. I lost sight of them and I ended up crossing the finish line before all of them and was horrified (laughs) at first. I was like, oh my gosh, they are going to hate me. I didn't do it on purpose. And um, one of the, the senior women pulled me aside after that race and said, don't ever apologize for that. Wow. You, you just scored us so few points. Yeah. Don't apologize. Do it again. Like you held back. Um, cool. And it was foot on the gas pedal. Okay. Okay. Got your uh, support and approval. Let's go.
0: Yeah. I There are a lot of those same dynamics or there can be on like a guy's team. But I'm interested, what what kind of d- dynamics are unique to, like, the, the women's team the girls' team amongst, like, I don't know, senior to freshmen or even amongst each other? Are there, like, unique aspects of of a girls' team in that regard?
1: I'm
2: not sure. Uh, as far as high school goes, I, I was very tight with my team, and I understand we had a unique situation that we were a very small group. Mm-hmm. Um so it was a it was a very very tight group of women where, what we had about fifteen to twenty women on the team, on any given year, um, but it it at least allowed us to have a very healthy relationship with mm-hmm. each other. That um, those were our best best friends, right? We we did everything. We had our classes together. We'd hang out in the locker room before practice together. Uh, we'd suffer together. Race together all of that. Those were, those were my people. Um, I I don't know if I can speak too much for other high school teams. I just haven't really been mm-hmm. in a, a setting to really witness other dynamics.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, So you, you were able to pretty much progress like season over season, year over year. Um, Is there anything that you would attribute to that continual growth of success? Like it's easy to come in or it could be easy to come in and have success as a freshman and then kind of maybe take the, take the foot off the gas a little bit or? Yeah so how are you able to progress so steadily
2: Yeah um I give so much of my uh success in my career to uh, my coach like I said Melissa Hagerman and then also her son uh, Brock Hagerman I don't know if that name rings a bell former uh cross country state champ um, runner okay. up in the 3200 um that those two those two great minds uh developed with me through my career. Uh, The training that I did my freshman year was nowhere even close to what I did my senior year. Not necessarily in volume or intensity, but in the intention or the design of it, that we were being strategic and smart. And I can't give Coach Hagerman enough credit for really growing with me. Like as a coach, she developed so much over those four years Um, where she really and especially after a couple injuries where we would sit down and go oh we messed this one up Mm. like this is we're both sharing the guilt in this like there wasn't communication we pushed too far we need to do better because we both want to make the absolute most out of this experience um Brock specifically taught me how to pace um my my little sophomore self couldn't quite find a rhythm on the track it was not a skill I had um he would come out and pace the first half of a rep and then step off the track and recover in his semi-retired phase <laughs> and then he would hop back in for the next rep, and it would be like clockwork and I was huge oh my gosh that was a, a huge skill once it came to later in my career being able to kind of really just nail a pace whenever needed um that did not come naturally that was that was all (laughs) them
0: yeah were there any aspects of your training that you really enjoyed or really responded well to maybe some specific workouts or mileage range or anything like that
2: yes so i'm i'm kind of a funny distance runner i love both ends of the spectrum i love long runs fantastic love the grind love being able to do them with a teammate but then I also love anything that I can throw on spikes and just rip down a track. (laughs) Like I, I I love being able to appreciate both sides of that. Um, So I I like both. I like the long grind, but I also really love speed. As far as mileage, when I was in high school, we were always pretty conservative just with the injury history I had. Um, Especially as I went into my senior year, it was a situation of this is our last chance to like put together a full year without having some interruption, um, throw us off. So let's keep the mileage low. We can do extra cross training. Anything that we know is at least going to get you to the start line.
0: Yeah. What, uh, what injuries did you suffer?
2: Um, I had, I had several major injuries in high school. I had, um, a fractured fibula in my foot, um, my freshman year. And a fractured fibula in my leg, uh, my sophomore track season. Wow. and yeah, those, those were those were tough at that age, right? Like that was kind of my first big trial thrown my way, um, the 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 broken fibula, especially,' that was that occurred, I like I said my sophomore year, which was um, following foot locker. And my whole perspective on running in my career uh, was completely different than what it had been 12 months before that. And that was a very challenging injury of kind of being able to see the the mountain that I was going to have to climb back up, Mm. but wanting more than ever to get back up there. But I had just gotten like a taste of it and wanted to keep pushing it now had a belief that I could keep pushing it um but that that was tough but they were very valuable uh they gave me very very good cross training skills um that came into huge help once I got to college um they made me value the runs themselves even more um I think my senior year in my training log I would keep a tally of like how many weeks continuous I had had running like without injury just because it was such a victory right um all the little victories along the way were were celebrated
0: yeah did you have any like when you were injured did you have any doubts of like do I really want to get back to it can I get back to being healthy like were there any of those kind of things in your mind
2: um in college yes in high school um not so much I don't think there was ever a doubt. It was more of just a, a, a realization of like, this is, this is hard. Mm. Like in, in the most complicated, complicated way of having something you love stripped away from you. And it feels like the world keeps, keeps going as usual,
1: mm. even
2: though that one thing is, is not there, but um as a is a young what sophomore that's that's a new challenge and for at the time I think I responded really well I took um a lot of great feedback from uh PTs and ATs that I was able to work with at that time um I worked with um the professionals at uh the St. Vincent Sports Performance Center when they were um, in their Carmel location or even back in there in their uh like Westfield location like and they were fantastic they got me back on my feet Um, forever grateful for them yeah
0: is it isn't it such a sobering like realization when you realize that like the world does keep spinning even when like when you're not there like oh gosh yes because like the only like the only you only have one life and you live everything through like your own mm-hmm. perspective. And so like in one, in some like weird sense, like the world is like what you experience and what you like, yeah, like what you go through. But then like to realize that like everyone else is like going through these same experiences. And like, if you were gone, like there would be people that like cared, obviously it would be sad to see you go yeah. but, like the world keeps spinning. <laughs> it's a oh, sobering 100%. reality.
2: Yeah. No, that that specific injury, um, the fractured fibula had actually occurred during the thirty two hundred at regionals leading up to the state track meet. And that was heartbreaking to show up a week later and watch all of these incredibly talented women, a lot of which I was really good friends with, line up and Mm. me not be on the start line with them like that hurt. Because there's only going to be one sophomore track season, right? I won't be able to ever have that season. Again, it's a very, it's a special little time capsule. You got four years in your high school career, four precious years. Um, And that was kind of the first experience of getting a little bit of that taken away. But Mm. then also uh, was huge. And it illuminated so many um, weaknesses or areas that I could be doing Better. I know my nutrition hugely improved at that time, mm. um, as well as just kind of general strength. I did a lot of prehab at that time that helped get me back to a better version of myself, I guess, than when I had left. Um, yeah, tough, but all valuable. Wouldn't change any of that ever.
0: Yeah. What, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what about your nutrition? Did you improve or change or would allow you to stay healthier?
2: Yeah. So at the time when that injury occurred, it was kind of a mystery. We couldn't exactly figure out why it happened um, because in our head, we were doing everything right. But clearly my body said otherwise. And we wanted to meet with different um, professionals of different areas of expertise to get their take. Right. Like I did lots of work with PTs um, and they had recommended meeting with a, a sports dietitian. And essentially, in our calculations, we just found out I wasn't eating nearly enough. Not intentional, not intentional by any means. Um, It was just not enough to sustain that kind of training and mileage. And I was horrified at the time when I found out, like I couldn't believe it. Um, Mm. And at that point, my main focus was just getting more calories in me. Um, Wasn't worried about macros or good foods, bad foods it was more i just need fuel inside of me it will burn i just need the fuel
1: Um,
2: and that was something i carried with me the rest of my career as well distance runners are so crazy efficient when it comes to going through sugars and carbohydrates that um when it comes to being uber picky and specific um i tend to take a bit more of a relaxed take on it now just because it's all fuel um and especially with as much training as we do most of us are going to be just fine without placing crazy restrictions on ourselves
0: yeah absolutely it's it's tough in high school because you like you eat at, at lunch at school and you kind of there's not a ton of options and then you eat at home with your family typically and they like you know you don't really have much choice in that either it's like you can go grocery shopping on the weekends and choose what you eat so it's yeah, I'm sure you, like, you just kind of did what you do and you didn't really think much about exactly what you're eating or how much you kind of just ate. And
1: mm-hmm. it's,
0: yeah, it's tough as a high schooler for sure. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking going back just a couple steps to like, I don't know, fitness and just like running, like potential is just so like fragile. It's It's kind mm-hmm. of the, I don't know, it's a tough thing to mentally wrestle with, especially when you do get into really good shape. I'm sure as, like, you felt your sophomore year, like, you were starting to reach the heights of the sport, and just, like, knowing in the back of your mind that, like, one single in- uh, injury can, like, take that away is, like, a tough thing to to wrestle with, especially as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think there's also, like, the flip side of, like, being injured is, like, realizing that you you can be okay, that like, there are people around you that care about you, they're, you have your friends, you have other things that you enjoy, like, there are some like redeeming qualities of being being injured as terrible as it is 100 percent yeah it's
2: i always found it to be a very good time for me to kind of assess why i was doing what i was doing um that my reasons for still wanting to pursue the sport of um, cross-country track and distance running at a high level that. It was because reasons that I wanted to. Yeah. And I will say those those high school injuries were very much a reassurance of, I love this. I feel like this is what I was meant to do. I want to get back out there and be better when I do get out there because I know I've missed valuable time.
1: Mm. So
2: we're going to cross train like crazy and show up ready to go.
0: Yeah. What uh, So what did you learn about cross-training? This is something I've been thinking a little bit about recently. Like, obviously, it's best to run, like, for running, like, to get into better shape. But I don't think, like, cross-training has to be as, I don't know, detrimental as it may seem. Um, so, like, yeah, mm-hmm. what did you learn about cross-training through, through the years?
2: Yeah. Um, I got really good in the pool and really mm-hmm. good on the bike. Um, not just aqua jogging. I'm not a huge fan of – of aqua jogging for a couple reasons but the cardio respiratory adaptation that you get from actual swimming far superior um and it's uncomfy (laughs) as is is a distance runner you feel very out of place in the pool um not being able to breathe water going up your nose but (laughs) it was it was a huge um huge developer in like mental resiliency right people think running on a treadmill is bad imagine that black line at the bottom of the pool oh so no 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 they don't know they don't know <laughs> it's so bad and it 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 filled me with this this fuel and this desire of you are going to be so much better coming out of this because you're embracing the suck of the pool and the bike um, and at the time in high school i I just I did a lot. I did a pretty high volume amount of cross training. I would probably go back and do it a lot differently now. Um, I would I would have prioritized the weight room and a strength program, um, and then supplemented it with some cross training. But as far as the cross training does go, um, aerobic adaptations are quick to come back um, and stick very well. So I guess I would. I would very much encourage cross training in the event of an injury because it, it is a completely valid, valid way to maintain fitness. Now there's still going to be that shock of the force absorption of getting back on the ground.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But if we've done the right things during that injury process of still making sure that we're loading the joints and bones, that takes care of itself very nicely on that return.
0: Yeah. Was there uh, maybe one or a couple of types of cross-training workouts that you found were really valuable or you enjoyed on the bike or pool or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so
2: I'm trying to think of, of specific examples that that I would do. Um, a lot of times in the pool, I would uh, do like intervals of some sorts, almost like a, a pool fartlek that I would measure in down and back. Um, of varying intensities I found that I really loved uh swimming and biking at higher intensities
1: Mm. even
2: if it meant it was it was interval fashion right and I was taking short breaks in between but it felt like it 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 developed something different like I could almost feel that it was physiolog physiologically something different which looking back on it now 100% it was But you don't know that as as a high schooler. And Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely encourage with cross training, um, do the stuff that's short and intense and the long stuff. Like those are both going to be necessary. Mm -hmm. If it's hopping on the bike and just sitting there for an hour. No, you, that we already have those fitness adaptations. That's not getting us anywhere. Like, Mm we are in the business of always moving up one percent and that's not comfortable. So if sitting on a bike is comfortable or floating in a pool is comfortable, we're not getting what we need to out of the cross training essentially. Hmm. Um my high school team hated it if I led cross training. It was, <laughs> it was gonna be really hard.
1: We'd rather go for an easy run. Please
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious um, have you ever done a triathlon or wanted to do one?
2: Oh, I, I definitely want to do one at, at some point. Um, I've given myself a break from the pool because it will make you go mad after a while. <laughs> um, so my, my relationship with the pool is, is still kind of mending to where I will eventually want to get back to it and kind of crave that suck again. Um, I would love to try a triathlon. I think it would be really cool. really gritty experience
0: yeah absolutely but the only time that I've like swam or biked seriously is like when I'm injured but I feel like every time I come like back to the roads after those times I'm like I should really do a triathlon sometime (laughs) you know like not let all that swimming go to waste Um, yeah so heading into your your senior year did you I guess your senior year track season did you have the expectation expectation of Winning state in the three thousand two hundred, or what was that progression of taking that step to like to winning, to being the best of the best in a, an event?
2: Yeah. Um. So a lot of that planning started my junior year. Um. Even during injury, when I wasn't competing, we were looking at my senior year starting with cross country season. Um. I headed into that cross country season absolutely with the goal um, of winning a state championship. And I, I fully believed I could. Um, I fully think I was at the caliber and the level to do it. That wasn't my day. So when it came to track season, it was very much a, this is our last chance. Like, we, we, we need to craft this perfectly so that you are in the best spot to take the lead, no matter what the race ends up being. And it felt like that's exactly what we did. So at the time um, I had had a horrible kick early in my high school career. (laughs) Um, Truthfully, I had one gear, and we'd identified that as a huge weakness, especially if medals are in the talk, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, you lose how many spots in one second with somebody running past. So being able to hold off a kick at the end was going to be absolutely essential. And we made that kind of the priority during my early kind of track season training was I almost trained like an 800 meter runner. Um, It was so hard, so Mm -hmm. miserable. I don't think I hit one of my times that I was trying to hit on the track because they were so fast, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was, I think the longest rep I ever did during those couple weeks Was like an 800, and everything besides that was shorter. And oh my goodness, I got my butt kicked, (laughs) but fully worth it because it translated beautifully. Um, and I remember heading into the uh miracle mile uh event my senior year, and I had gotten stuck way back in the pack, horribly stuck, and I whipped out this last lap that. Um, actually, had matched a 400 PR from my freshman year, and my coaches and I kind of sat there and were like, "Nobody saw that, because <laughs> you were way back, far in the pack, right? The, the race was won. It was, it was taken, taken place far ahead, but we observed it and were pumped. We we knew that was a possibility. Um, and I'll say, I would have been." extremely disappointed if I hadn't won my senior year Mm -hmm. not to take away from any of the joy and incredible victory that that it was but it that was that first point of almost leaning into that really competitive athlete mindset of Mm -hmm. you fully believe that not only you can but you, you will you are the fastest person on that start line Um, that you have to head into it with, with that intent um, to win or or to hit a time, which even for me, like we weren't even discussing time. It was, it was all about the place. Mm -hmm. And we went through pretty much every possible scenario that the race could kind of evolve in. Um, I knew all the women in the race, Super well, we are able to kind of predict different scenarios of, you know, if so and so takes the lead early, we're probably going to see this the first mile, or if this is how the race is shaping up with two laps to go, be prepared to make these kind of moves. Um, so I felt very prepared heading into that meet, which is huge credit again um, to my coaches. Uh, yeah, that was absolutely the goal.
0: Yeah, how much uh. Did your senior year cross country season like fuel that desire to to get to the top, like not yeah. maybe not finishing like like you wanted to, yeah you know, at mm-hmm. state.
2: Mm-hmm. It it made it so much more um, important that, or not even important, but that it was truly my last chance. Right, mm-hmm. I I felt like I had gotten um, robbed of some really awesome, really awesome meets or really awesome experiences because of some injuries. Where I had almost this very unique hodgepodge resume of footlocker and Nike nationals, but your best finish the state track meet is 17th. Mm. Of it just it was it was kind of all over the place and that that would be the ultimate cherry on top if I could go out with that, that it was going to be a fairy tale ending if that was how it was going to be able to end. um, And, and it really was, it was every bit that a fairy tale ending Um, that probably is forever going to remain like that is, that is my best day on the track that I have ever had. Um, I would love to top that, but as for now, yeah, that is my best day I've ever had.
0: Yeah. So you seem to be a very driven person, very you hold yourself to very high expectations. At least that's what it seems like. Um, is that true? Where does it come from? Have you always been this way? And how how has it been like cultivated in you as well?
2: Yes. Um I guess I don't really know where it where it comes from, but I w- I would agree. I think I view myself as a pretty driven person, um, especially when it's Something that I'm passionate about and care about, and I guess uh, tying that into my running career it I felt not just the the passion for the sport itself, but I felt a huge responsibility for everyone that had helped me on that journey mm-hmm. that this was kind of the, the culmination of their work as well um, that I was one person on a start line but in reality it was hundreds of people Mm -hmm. that had either had some kind of input in training or rehab or just support in general that um that was a a huge drive I loved I loved repping Pendleton I loved repping a smaller school in the middle of all these indie powerhouses like that that came with that came with a lot of pride I love being able to rep my people like that
0: yeah absolutely so for the stuff that you maybe are less passionate about or like you just know that you're not as good at do you find yourself being as driven or as i don't know passionate about those things
2: i'm very type a so i'll get the job done regardless (laughs) but we'll, we'll say um not that not that it's void of passion like an example um writing is not one of my strong suits it's tough um in education specifically dealing with research you have to do a lot of high quality scientific writing Mm. and that is tough oh i would much rather go run 15 miles than (laughs) have to sit down and try and type out one page of quality work um that like I'll, I'll still take kind of that same drive um and absolutely get it done um like i said not to say that that's void of passion that's probably a horrible example because i do love research but <laughs> you, you under, understand i think what i'm going for
0: yeah no absolutely i'm I'm curious because i'm i feel like i'm pretty similar like the stuff that i am passionate about like i'm very driven and like want to be Maybe not necessarily the best at, but, like, as good as I can be at it. Um, And then, like, even things where I feel like – let's say I'm playing someone in basketball and I feel like I should beat them. Like, I'm very passionate about, like, beating them. You Like, I want (laughs) – that that drive is there. But if if we're playing, like, croquet or, like, water polo or something, I don't know why we'd be playing that. And, like, I know I haven't really played it. Like, I could care less if you beat me kind of thing. Like, I'll I'll try my best. But – so, yeah, like, I – I don't know. I'm very, I don't know if it's like emotion driven in that way, but like if I'm not in it, I just, I don't know. I almost could care less about it, but the stuff that I'm passionate about, I'm like super passionate about. All in. So, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there anything about your your high school career that we may have glossed over or missed before we go on to college?
1: Um,
2: oh, I think we, we, we talked briefly on uh, footlocker uh, mm. but I'd, I'd love to touch on that just because that was such a transformational time um, in my career uh, specifically my sophomore year um, I had gotten uh, convinced to make the trip up to Wisconsin for you know Foot Locker regionals my coach told me it was going to be great for recruiting <laughs> so I said oh, okay sure we'll keep training a couple more weeks I went into this meet with um, I said solid expectations. I, I think I wanted to finish in like the top 50. Like when I was looking at kind of like the pool of women that were being pulled from across the country for this meet of going, you know what? This would be a great place to finish. right? Mm-hmm. If I could be within this range, that would be a great, great way to progress up in future years. So the thought of qualifying um, was not on my mind whatsoever, not at all, probably, probably for the best. Um, I probably wasn't ready for that kind of pressure cooker at that, at that age. And throughout the race, um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the the Kenosha course that about halfway through, you just go into the woods mm. and you're gone. And it was a fantastic just cross country race. Like we were grinding away, rolling through the hills, and it wasn't until about I want to say maybe eight eight hundred meters left to go, um, one guy out in the middle of the woods, out in the middle of nowhere, um, yelled at me and the gal that was racing just in front of me, and made a comment of. Oh, 11 and 12, you guys are racing for the first alternate. And I was, I was shocked. Right. Right. In my head, I'm blown away. We come out of the woods and I can see 10th place right there and bless her heart. She's dying. She's coming backwards. (laughs) And so then it's like, Oh, okay. Oh boy, this is real. And that, that race specifically completely changed my perspective for my own career um, that I was never going to have a goal of being a state champion if I hadn't got exposed to that kind of talent mm-hmm. at that level. Um, but it, it made me want to return to that level, um, especially that a lot of my qualification almost looked like a fluke, but it just – some people had a bad day when I had a good day, and mm-hmm. that was how I snuck in. So it was almost been a mission of no – I did deserve to qualify. I haven't shown it on the track yet, but I wanna bring that. I wanna bring that kind of elite national level to the Indiana state level. Um, And it was, yeah, like I said, huge, completely changed the way I viewed my career, my goals um, for my performance and times and recruiting process all completely changed. in one weekend, right there. Wow. So
0: was that, was, this,
2: that was very cool.
0: This was your sophomore year?
2: This was my sophomore year, yes.
0: Okay, dang. So, were a lot of the girls you were racing against like older? Like, you'd, maybe you maybe just hadn't been around like that that level of, of talent and, and professionalism and intensity? Right.
1: Yeah. I
2: mean, leading up to that, the most competition I had had would have been um, at semi state and state. And even then, we weren't uh, we weren't the most competitive semi state um, in Indiana that year by any means. So the state meet was already a step up, and now it was bringing in women from all over the Midwest, and that was that was going to be a new challenge
1: mm. of
2: everybody on one course. Like I was blown away at the talent that was at that meet, and no nowhere near expected to have finished with the level of women um, that I did. Uh, And it was uh, awesome. The whole experience, fantastic. That was one of the best memories ever, the whole California trip and everything. Um, I didn't race well at that meet. I was so nervous, Um, (laughs) so, so nervous, but the experience itself was incredible. Such a special memory.
0: Yeah. So maybe this is a good transition to college, but you said it changed mm-hmm. kind of the way you viewed recruiting. Did you, mm-hmm. was it like, now I know I want to run in college, or now maybe I can even run for a D1 school or one of the best schools? How how would you say it like changed your your view on recruiting?
2: Yeah, uh, immediately after that Foot Locker race, um, I went from getting letters of um, kind of like local Indiana schools of what? D D two, D three levels to I started getting power five names showing wow. up in the mail where right, like my coach was coming into practice with these letters that had gotten sent to her office, like, dude, this could be something. Like, we need to make sure that we kind of have our ducks in a row, that you know what you want, um, and that you know the process of kind of how this works so that we can get you kind of in the right fit.
0: Yeah. Is is that typically how it works with like recruiting? I don't know if you've heard from other people or even just your own experience, but like do coaches care a lot about those national level meets and that kind of exposure? Like you hadn't got gotten too many letters up until that point, like you said. Like do they care a lot about that kind of thing?
2: I found for cross country specifically, the uh large regional level meets like Footlocker regionals or Nike regionals, and especially the national meets were huge recruiting points because it put all the talent on one course where maybe we not, we don't get the time necessarily, but we see how those athletes stack up against mm, each other. Yeah. The track, the track is a different animal, right? A track is a track is a track. A 3,200 is always going to be eight laps. It's always going to be a 3,200 period where cross country, you can post a wicked fast time on a course, approximately 5k. Um, And so those meets were very influential in Mm. coaches being able to kind of pinpoint, I guess, kind of where you stacked up with recruits, say, from within the area or within the region of of that part of the state. Um, So I would always recommend those meets for anybody that thinks they might want to run in college. Get your name out there stacked up with competition outside of your own state. It was huge. Huge for recruiting.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, So your recruiting process, you would end up going to New Mexico. What was that process like? Where else were you considering? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind sharing.
2: Yeah, Uh, the recruitment process at the time that I was heading into my senior year, uh, we were allowed to communicate with coaches um, occasionally over the phone leading up through the summer and then um, I scheduled some visits in the fall, and New Mexico had been on, uh, I guess I'd had my eyes on them for quite some time. When it came to getting recruited, I very much prioritized that I wanted to be kind of in the most competitive team setting that I could find, Um, and that I had had an awesome high school career Um, My individual career was awesome. It had that fairy tale ending. I wanted to be on an elite level team. Like I I wanted to be running with crazy fast women, but that was what I prioritized. And um, when it came to looking at some of the powerhouse schools, New Mexico was one that just kept showing an interest back. And so Mm. I leaned into that. outside of New Mexico, Ohio State was my second choice in high school. Um, by the slightest the slightest bit um, actually it broke my heart to tell that coach that I wasn't going to Ohio State at the time because they they felt like such a good fit. Mm. Um, but the, the team uh, I guess the, the team talent of having a very well-known program already established. I placed that a very high importance during mm. my recruiting process. Um, I'd probably do it a little bit differently now, but at the time, that was what 18 year old Alex really prioritized.
0: Yeah. What What would you do differently now?
2: I would prioritize a program that's going to develop its athletes mm. and um, view those athletes as a real investment um the the pressure cooker environment was was certainly something to experience um do I think I could have had a better career if I had gone somewhere that would have really honed in on developing its athletes a little bit more unfortunately probably yes but then I wouldn't have a national championship in that case so it's it's a bit of a give and take
0: yeah for sure is it easy to tell if a coach is has that mindset of being like willing to develop you, willing to like, kind of be patient with your mm-hmm. your progress? Like did you find most coaches were honest about their perspective?
2: It was hard to read in high school.
0: Mm. It
2: really was. Um, and it was tricky to discern that from an outside perspective because as a high schooler, when you see um, these older runners, both the men and women get up to that level, you see the ones that are excelling and doing amazing, right. right? You see the ones that are having excellent careers and you forget about those that have slipped between the cracks and disappeared. And it becomes hard to kind of track those names or where are those gaps where they were seeing names that we knew were probably going to be names and they're just falling through. That I would absolutely prioritize just finding a, a program that's really gonna develop um and now certainly i would find a program that collaborates with the entire sports science team strength and conditioning mm. nutrition team everybody
1: mm.
0: i'm always curious about this aspect of things but uh like were you willing to go anywhere in the country and like how hard was it oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah? okay so yeah. Was it, like, was it tough at all to move away from, I don't know, like, where you grew up, your friends, family, that kind of thing, or?
2: Yeah, it was terrifying. Um, I very much wanted the adventure. Like, I realized what a cool situation that was, that I was never going to live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but I was going to be able to go out and truly experience it. That I was going to meet so many new people, experience a completely different culture than... The Midwest, United yeah. States. <laughs> yeah. That it was a crazy, crazy adventure. Um, leaving the family was terrifying, but I think it was absolutely necessary that it really forced me out kind of on my own um, to go, no, like you are out here by yourself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like
2: it is going to be a adapt and survive kind of situation. And, um, I, I don't I don't regret taking that leap and making such a big transition um, I got to see a really cool part of the country during that time and eat some amazing breakfast burritos oh my goodness wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds good um so how was the transition to New Mexico maybe the team the school the environment how are all those things
2: yeah um the environment was awesome um Adjusting to altitude wasn't too difficult. That that seemed to be a very individual individual thing. Mm. I was very much one of the lucky ones that adjusted pretty quickly and it kind of stuck. Um, the the trails and everything were beautiful there. Um, adjusting to college life was um, I want to say it, relatively smooth. I probably built it up to be this much more intense thing than it really was and get there and find out no you, you just go to class get your stuff done get your running and training done and all is well like it's it's very i found it to be very um much more business-like
1: mm-hmm. like
2: you're you're kind of there on a job right especially if there's scholarship involved that you are an investment that you do your job exactly no more no less do your job
0: yeah It seems like for a lot of people, like running in college can be a, I don't know, you realize if you truly love running and love the sport, um, or you just kind of do it because you're good at it. Did you have any of those (laughs) realizations or or questions moving to college?
2: No questions if I loved the sport. Hmm. Like that was always, always unanimous. I think the biggest um, difference at least that, that I felt from my perspective was the racing itself. The mm. racing was a different animal. Oh my goodness. Like, cause you're going from your high school perspective where you could be a, a small local area star or competitive at a state level. And they're now taking every state champion, right? Every state mm. runner up everybody has equal talent from all across the world and they're putting them on the same start line together <laughs> and that kind of talent is crazy and it's so much fun to race but it took a much um a much higher like cognitive focus during mm. the racing than i was used to um oh but i welcome the challenge it was it was crazy like it made racing so much more intense in a way uh... No no zoning out allowed anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. How about the, the transition with like training uh becoming a part of a, a new team meeting like a whole group, new group of women? Like how was that transition?
1: Yeah,
2: the training transition was pretty smooth. Um, they ramped me into my freshman mileage um, fairly conservatively, which was nice. And the women on the team itself were so, so talented. Um, I loved getting to watch their workouts or try and hang with them on long runs. Um That was one of my favorite ways to try and run with the top girls was try and hang on during a long run. that <laughs> we at least had um our training groups that uh, were all very, very competitive, even in our little subgroups, right that <laughs> we had our women that had crazy high expectations for their seasons of winning a championship or repeating as an all American. Um, And then we'd have a cluster of 12 women looking to spill or fill the last two spots, like on varsity, all right there. And I loved having that kind of um, almost competitive practice atmosphere that I loved getting to kind of just jump on the pain train (laughs) <laughs> and grind it out with teammates, essentially. That that I felt I was getting pushed more than I could do by myself. I loved that. Welcomed all of that.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that New Mexico was kind of a pressure cooker situation. Um, did you respond well to that? Like, did you enjoy that? It sounds like you kind of enjoyed that type of competitive environment.
2: A, a little bit, to an extent, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, my first couple years there were. Um, pretty good and in the pressure cooker situation is is fine when when the job is being executed Mm -hmm. Um, where where the disconnect with me specifically came was uh, when there were differing views on severity of an injury Mm -hmm. and then you become almost expendable in a program like that that Oh, nope. Injury actually was serious. Well, too bad. We've got five other people that can fill your spot. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, um, I'm not a fan of the pressure cooker um, because you've still invested in that athlete to an extent. Um, And if the athlete's done everything that you've asked in that process, um, it's kind of on you as a leader and a coach to own it and not dump it on the athlete in that sense, which was... A, a huge turning point for me in the program of just realizing like as heartbreaking as it was that, uh, that wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be the place for me anymore that I wasn't going to recover or get healthy out of that environment.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's a really fine line between like a next man up type of mentality as a coach or as a program. And like, I don't know, you mean expendable or like, it doesn't matter if the sixth or seven or eighth person on the team gets injured because we have another person. There's like, yeah, such a a fine line there. Uh, so I imagine <laughs> at least one of your your highlights was winning a team championship as a part of New Mexico. Could you tell us about that experience?
2: Yeah. Oh, the energy that day it was unreal. Um, that was a goal we had had pretty much the whole season, but had not spoken much about. That mm-hmm. it was it was almost this kind of unspoken expectations or i shouldn't even say an expectation we knew we had the talent but we knew there was three other teams that also had the talent Mm -hmm. so it was very much a we need to do the right thing day by day so that when it actually comes championship day we're the ones that can get to the finish line first and execute um and we all knew that getting on the line um, the coaches themselves did not place any pressure on that goal. Like they never mentioned it, um, but they understood that that was on our minds as well. We had talked about it um, as a team, like is our group of women actually on the start line. We knew that was the objective heading into it. And that that's a different feeling taking off of a start line with those kind of stakes on the line. Um, in a meet that packed where you have what five women crossing a finish line in one second like you need to execute your job and that was that was the mission is everybody is going to do their part and if we do that we really like our chances of coming out on top
0: yeah how quickly did you know that you had won and like what was that reaction in the moment like
2: Oh, we found out immediately like the, yeah. the scores were populating and um like as we were finishing I'm pretty sure I had teammates like scooping me up off the ground with the news <laughs> of like no we won like and that was exciting to still be in the finish shoot right uniform still on all sweaty knowing like wow we did that um and how special that is like it's such a small percentage of athletes that actually get on to even compete at a division one level um, and a wildly even small percentage of that that ever get to hold up one of those trophies. Um, so that day was not, not taken lightly by any means. I was fortunate to line up with some very, very talented women, um, two of which just represented Team USA at the World Cross Country Championships. They're superstars. Whoa. super proud of them. Oh yeah, they they still killing it. Um yeah, very cool day, very special.
0: How does that day compare to when you won the 3200 in high school?
2: They were both very very exciting, very special, but felt different
0: hmm. in
2: in how they came about. Um the national championship felt a, a bit more like a like a job that we executed really well um the state meet was much it was much more of uh, a special like intimate victory or a victory with my people my village that had gotten me there That yeah. that was that was four years in the making of running and feeling like an underdog or running with a chip on my shoulder from an injury um whereas this one was a true collaboration of very talented women from all across the world we yeah. we had a very diverse team um, I think we only had two Americans on that varsity squad that year oh,
1: wow. um,
2: and so it right it, it really pulled talent from everywhere and how cool that was to see we all came from somewhere so different but all had that same goal and worked towards it all season
0: yeah so you finished 105th in 2016 and 2017 did you do
2: that on purpose <laughs> no i should have bought a lottery ticket that day
1: i regret <laughs> it now
0: <laughs> weren't you so you were probably in first right in 2017 and then you stopped right before the line and waited for 104 girls to pass
2: that's right it got really <laughs> tricky once it started to get towards the hundred. they come in in real quick yeah <laughs> you lose track
0: it's good counting skills right there um so you were at New Mexico from 2016 to 2018 and eventually would move, make the move back to your second choice, Ohio state. Mm -hmm. Um, What went into that decision and how was the process uh, of transitioning to Ohio state?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The the process really kicked off just with finally kind of owning the realization that I I didn't want to be there anymore. And that was, very heartbreaking decision to come to because I wanted to love that program Mm. and I wanted to leave a mark on that program um but when when you take you know like an eating disorder culture and combine that with a chronic injury it it's just a perfect storm um and in my instance I felt like I wasn't going to get physically or mentally better without getting out of that environment and specifically I wanted to be closer to home. Um, I'm tight with my family, tight with my support system and it really just made Columbus the perfect, the perfect place. Um, I'm pretty sure I called my Ohio state coach 10 minutes after my name went in the transfer portal. Um, just telling like, Hey, I'm coming. Um,
0: (laughs) yeah, I was going to ask, was it, was it Ohio state immediately or did you consider anywhere anywhere else?
2: I I looked at other options but was very very much um drawn to the idea of going to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I knew some women on the team. I clicked so well um with coach Fergodi and knew that I would do fantastic under her even if that was recovering from an injury but that would be a great kind of partnership um in developing from that that setback and yeah, it, it worked out. Um, they welcomed me with open arms and I have no regrets about, about making that transfer. I honestly say that's probably the best, best decision I could have made for not just my career, but I'll say like my, my life looking at kind of my professional, like actual career is like a strength coach or, um, developing out of that kind of adversary. and and, that I think that was very important in some of that development that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten. I think I would have just been very defeated if I'd stayed in that environment.
0: Mm. Was it not like, I don't know. I feel like if I was in that situation, like I would, I don't know. You just like, you don't want to give up on something that you've committed to. Was Mm -hmm. it, was it tough? Like kind of feeling like, I don't know. Was it me? Like, did I do something wrong? Like those kind of questions, did those go through your head at all?
2: Oh, yeah, it, it was a whole, a whole like grieving process
0: mm.
2: of kind of that horrible feeling of like not like realizing you're not happy there and then trying to dissect why that is and is is that grounds to get up and leave, right? And at least in my case, I was one semester away from graduating at that point. And was I even going to be NCAA eligible by you know credit hours towards degree progress if I transferred that, like, um, and out of that, like, it's heartbreaking at first, right? And then, and then it almost, at least in my case, I don't want to speak for anybody else. I definitely was mad for a little bit, mm. or I, I felt very cheated. Felt like I had put my trust in the wrong people, mm. and was leaving, um, with horrible injury. I, I had partially tore my Achilles and a couple a couple parts and really wasn't sure if I was going to be able to run again not just from a competitive standpoint I didn't know if running was in the cards for my future anymore um that was hard right leaving feeling stripped of that one very very special thing that running yeah that I loved um so yeah definitely went through went through being sad about it went through being mad about it um to then just moving on and realizing nah like I was able to recover from it recovering from the injury was probably the most healing part of the process even mentally of being able to leave that behind
0: yeah so the other girls on the New Mexico team like did they have similar feelings towards the program or that were they just some girls that really responded well to that situation? Like how was the rest of the team? Mm-hmm.
2: I, it, it was very individual,
0: mm-hmm. kind
2: of on on how everybody responded. Um, I know there was a pretty high number of women that entered the transfer portal that specific semester um, that I think had similar mindsets as myself. Um, but since then, I can't really speak to the program. I don't have much connection with what it's done since then. Um, but for me and the women that decided to leave, it was just no longer the fit.
0: Yeah. So how was the the transition to Ohio State? How different was the the culture and experience there? Like when you got there,
2: loved it. I love my Buckeyes. Oh <laughs> my goodness. No, they they were fantastic. Um, I got welcomed into the team um, as a senior, essentially, and a team of very. Uh, very developmental in its recruitment, right? So it, it very much recruits local athletes from um being seniors in high school and they grow throughout the program. Um, where now all of a sudden I was the uh, unique transfer mm. in this situation. Um New Mexico was much more of a of a melting pot of we always got transfers, right? You were you were the minority if you were a like American freshman coming in.
1: Yeah, from
2: just your senior season but um it was it was a really awesome team of women at Ohio State I love Coach Virgody. she and I quicked immediately um and she very much took on the role of um kind of helping me like mentally get over the injury and still not being able to run um we spent the majority of my time unfortunately fighting that uphill battle of Okay, we gotta put we gotta put a tendon back together after it's yeah. been ripped up, and are we gonna be able to successfully do that within you know the the ticking time bomb of your NCAA clock?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, I had awesome people in my corner there that that helped me out. Um, our athletic trainer Sean Jones worked wonders to get me back on my feet. Um, so as far as the people and the staff that were on that team. I have huge respect for, Um, very, very much could tell, like they love what they do um, and they very much care about the people in that program. Um, So I absolutely, I love them. I hope to be back in Columbus again one day. Um, Would love to work for the Blocko. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, That would, that would be a crazy dream. Um, Yeah. Love the Buckeyes nothing but great things to say about them.
0: Yeah. So what was the, the process of recovering from the Achilles injury and then working your way back to competitive running? How was that, that journey?
2: Yeah, it was about a a three-year process. Wow. Um, the, the injury had initially occurred um, during my one outdoor track season that I had with New Mexico and most likely There was a tear in my Achilles for probably a calendar year before it got um, really treated. Um, And it was after I had uh, transferred and moved back home for the summer that I was um, seen by a, a specialist down in Indy, and we did our first operation on it and thought all was well, tried rehabbing, and we're eight months down the line, and we were not making progress as we should. Um, and I had a really, really awesome doctor with Ohio state that finally almost just kind of got tired of it, of like, this doesn't make sense. We're Mm -hmm. just going to do another procedure and go in and see what we find. And it was still torn. We just didn't know that the first procedure didn't show it. Um, so after two surgeries started to make some progress and it took every bit of that fifth year to, finally get back on the track for some workouts and when it clicked we just went all in it was hail mary hang (laughs) on as long as you can in workouts like if it gives you any pain come out like um that that was that was awesome like that was the biggest victory out of ohio state itself was actually getting to rep that program
1: but they had
2: given me so much they had breathed so much life back into me Mm -hmm that um, I was so proud to wear that blocko. Um and what made that e- even even cooler was the the official rust buster that I had about a two-year rust buster um, <laughs> was at was at a track meet at IU and the last time I had oh, been wow. at that IU track right was was for a state meet and there was women on that start line from other big 10 schools that were, you know, Indiana natives that even beforehand were coming up and giving me a hug. Like, it is so good to see you on this track. Yeah, dude, I know (laughs) know. this is gonna, this is gonna be ugly, but let's go. Um, and that, that was the biggest victory. I was so thankful for the few races that I did get to spike up and represent Ohio State. Um, because they really did mean everything the way they kind of took what felt like very broken pieces of my career and did their absolute best to put them together.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned what I think is a couple of things, but like what kept you going during that time? The, was it two plus years that you were rehabbing?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was incredibly tough. I I always thought the finish line was closer than what it really was. Right. We, we had our first procedure done first surgery and expected what, like a six month timeline. And when that's not being met, we're still giving it time. Like, okay, we'll see if it gets better. And then you get hit with the timeline of another surgery. Um, Yeah. as, As far as the push to keep going, I didn't feel like I was done yet. Mm. and especially because if it was truly the end it hadn't ended on my terms mm. um and i was, i was there was a lot of emotion surrounding that right heartbreaking but also then furious that that almost it felt like that that love was was taken without without my permission or without my control mm. um that it was a a stubbornness almost of no, I'm gonna do every last thing I can. And if it still doesn't work out, then I can move on knowing that I tried everything I could. Um, And when it felt like we were just about at that point, something miraculously clicked and I was able to jump in with the team and start running workouts with them. Um, It was so awesome. My legs felt like Jello after every run. It's been <laughs> been so long, so yeah. long. Um, and it was wonderful. Oh, I loved. it. I welcomed the the sore legs, the the horrible hill sprints, all of it.
0: <laughs> Man, that's a that's a crazy story. That's that's awesome. Um, is there anything else that we that we missed about your time in college that you wanted to touch on?
2: Um, In college specifically, I don't think so. Um, I'll say at least as far as my uh, PRs for my college career go, um, those are, I say, hopefully they're they're temporary PRs. Um, I would very much like to reset those, uh, especially given that most of them were set during kind of the onset of that injury, Mm. right? Like I, I can say with pretty pretty confidently that i think my 5k pr was probably run on that partially torn achilles Wow. and but i but i know that could be so much better um and but i would like that pr to be very much my own um and not attached say to a program that i don't fully see eye to eye with that i would love to kind of rewrite those
0: records yeah so are you are you still running today i would assume <laughs>
2: I, I would love to say, yes, I'm living a classic strength, strength coach life. So I'm the last one to train every day. Um, I, I have intentions to get back into it. Um, making the transition up to New York, um, working on the army schedule, uh, has been tough. And I've allowed myself to kind of adjust to that new life chapter without placing as much pressure on the running. Um, that I know it's, it's gonna come and I want to keep pursuing those goals. But I understand I'm also, in my career sense, I'm kind of paying my dues right now of I'm working my way into the field. I'm still very much learning, very, very much learning. Um, and that that, that comes at a, at a price. And a lot of time it's, it's a lot of hours and a lot of work, um, but it's really cool. I mean, you're a coach as well like I'm sure you can completely understand like pouring into people and seeing their lives be impacted but yeah so that's worth it
0: for sure like the the relationships like the amount of of things you need to learn or can learn like it just it's like a boundless profession like so it's yeah especially like starting out there's so much to learn so many relationships to build like it just spills over there's I don't know if you if you want to be good at it there's not a lot of time for other things especially at first um so heading right. to, to college and then i guess i don't know leaving college and, and the years since you've graduated um what did you expect you would be doing did you come in thinking you'd be where you are now and how did that kind of change as far as like career goes
2: yeah um when i was finishing up Uh, my exercise science degree, I was still trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to fit in under the umbrella of kind of sports performance, that I wanted to take it further than exercise science. I didn't want to do personal training, but I knew I didn't want to do PT, so it was finding out, okay, where's that sweet spot, Um, and while I was still at Ohio State in school, I started working at a local um, youth sports performance facility um, that specialized in that long-term athletic development where I was very fortunate to learn under um, an incredible mentor at that facility that had an excellent understanding of um, a very sports science-minded strength and conditioning basis. And it clicked. Like, that's it. That's it right there. Exactly. And I was able to work with kids in that setting, um, ages six to 20, um, in that facility of all various sports, extremely challenging, but so fun and so rewarding. Um, Those kids were fantastic. And as a coach, I felt like I grew so much because the kids are crazy. They're always throwing a curveball at you out of nowhere. Right. Um, and being able to keep a group of that big of an age range reeled into the same session, um, huge challenge. Mm -hmm. Right. But I loved it. Um, and when this job opportunity came up, I'll say, I never saw myself going in in the tactical sector, but a lot of the greats have done it. Like a lot of the big names in, in strength and conditioning have all done a little bit in kind of all the sectors, right? They've specialized in athletics, they've done a little in private, they've touched on tactical. Um, and so as far as being a just well-rounded strength coach, it seems like a very good kind of stepping stone of, no, here's a very legit full-time opportunity to develop some of these skills as you kind of still figure out exactly where you want to take your career. And like I said, I think that's sports science but I'm still figuring that out.
0: Yeah, has it been a, a transition from like working with youth to now adults?
2: Oh yes, yes, hundred percent.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, the the kids are fantastic, and you can play with them and joke with them, and and they love it when you get on their level. Um, the army, it's it's more of a of a range. Um, we're very much in the business of relationship building. And a lot of that, you have to be able to identify the personality that you're dealing with, um, which is hugely diverse when we talk about the u s Army of you have your nineteen year olds coming in that haven't done hardly any physical training um, for what they're about to get hit in the face with. And then we have our older leadership that's been in the Army their whole life right and this is their thing this is their territory and their culture that we're coming in um that meeting all of those populations where they're at and making sure that they feel like their needs are met huge challenge huge challenge um especially when the culture change is such a big part of it like the the army kind of mentality of do a million push-ups and a million crunches per day um research has shown that it hasn't worked out for us very well so they brought (laughs) us in to try and remedy that a little bit Mm. and that still includes kicking down some doors when it comes to initiating that culture change but Mm. it's a very fun
0: challenge all for it awesome um is there anything else you like enjoy outside of running and and the work that you do any hobbies that you have or any fun facts
2: yes i guess a couple things um I have three dogs that I live oh. with one is mine two two are my bonus pups. um I love them so much. He's all over my Instagram. That's about all that it is nowadays is is my fluffy <laughs> boy um besides that, ooh I'm a big, big long time Swifty and <laughs> i i I have one of the arrows tour concerts coming up, and I'm very excited. Nice they're probably a little too excited and i'm aware but did you like the new album a fantastic time oh loved it i was up at midnight when it dropped yep
0: <laughs> nice do you have a, a favorite like era or album or, or do you like all of it Ooh,
2: yeah i like all of them but my favorite. i really like her 1989 era her red era and i'm a big fan of midnight too it she nice. definitely nailed that one yeah
0: there you go. Where is the concert local?
2: Uh, it's down in New York City. That was about the closest I could find. But hey. um, I mentioned we're pretty far north. So New York City is actually about five hours away from us, which sounds silly being in New York. But yeah. um, that'll be that'll be a fun road trip. Very different part of the state. Completely different.
0: Oh, I bet. Is it Madison Square Garden? Is that where the show is
2: at? Uh, it is in MetLife Stadium. Okay.
0: Okay, So mm-hmm. nice. be cool. um Very awesome cool. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to share? anything else you wanted to touch on?
2: Um, I don't think so. not necessarily. Um, this was so much fun getting to kind of go back down memory lane and talk talk running and some uh previous kind of career memories and accomplishments. I hold a lot of those memories super, super close to my heart, especially the high school ones. Um, and what a big role they played in kind of helping me develop as an athlete in person. Um, and then how cool it is to have a coach of mindset now and look back on that and, and laugh at some of the things that I did as an athlete um, <laughs> and be able to take that perspective, hopefully, with me to in a, another athletic program someday and um, almost pass the torch in a sense. Right, I had a lot of people help me get to where I got in my athletic career. That it's gonna be really cool to do it, do or have an impact in the lives of those young athletes um and helping them what reach for the next stage of their career.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's been a lot of I guess like full circle moments in your life, or even just like things that <laughs> maybe, maybe you would def- or definitely don't wish you had gone through, but like we're for a reason um, yeah yeah it's cool how, how mm-hmm. those things how those things work but awesome yeah, I appreciate 100%. you appreciate you taking the time to come on it's a lot of fun
1: yeah
2: thank you for having me this was a fantastic conversation
0: agreed all right everybody until next time we'll see you